the Internet's most listened-to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and we are continuing to talk about the victims, the families impacted from Katrina who need your help, and we will be asking you on every show to remember those victims. There are so many people with disabilities, so many who were impacted by this in a very serious way, much larger than many people realized the great number of people with disabilities living in Louisiana, you know, and living in Mississippi who were impacted, but they were. And as I mentioned on another show, we've had independent living centers in Biloxi totally destroyed, people who need wheelchairs, people who need help. They need your help. And since I have by far the greatest listeners on this show who really care about changing quality of life for people with disabilities, I know that you are the group that will take a moment to help. And you can contribute by picking up the telephone and dialing 1-800-HELP-NOW. This is with the Red Cross. Or you can send a donation to the Red Cross at www.redcross.org or you can call the Salvation Army by calling 1-800-SAL. That's 1-800-SAL-ARMY or email a check to www.salvationarmy.org. Remember, when you're going to buy that DVD or do something, think about it. Think what those few dollars could do to help change a life, and if we all do something, it really adds up. And may I tell you, our guest today, who when I first met, from the first time I met him by phone, I just liked him so much and was so impressed with him, Jay Van Vecten. And Jay, are we pronouncing your name right? You certainly are, Joyce knows so much about the Salvation Army. As I know, his first job was with the Salvation Army. And, Jay, maybe you could start by telling our listeners a little bit about that first job and how you became involved with the Salvation Army, which I think is so tremendous that you began as a volunteer. Well, isn't that a kick to be able to go to cocktail parties and tell people that you used to work for the Salvation Army? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What uh, what I discovered when I got out of uh, college uh, many years ago was that the Salvation Army in New York City, where their national headquarters are, actually has a civilian department, and it's within that civilian department that they center their fundraising and promotional activities. And it was through a headhunting firm that I was directed down there, and I looked at three different jobs in New York. Um, I wanted to live in Manhattan, and um, I just found this one the most intriguing because I got to be... Uh, Director of Special Events for New York City. We had over 120 organizations based in and around uh, Manhattan, and it was everything from uh, foundling hospitals to uh, medical emergency centers, uh, summer camps for inner-city kids. Extraordinary work the Army does, and uh, 
they have a, a, a strong list of, of volunteer supporters, as you can imagine, a very prestigious board of directors. They raise a lot of money in New York, uh, as they do nationally, but it's never enough when you have a crisis like what happened uh, in New Orleans recently. So um, it, it was a wonderful way for me to begin my career, and I, by happenstance, uh, I had a roommate who was in television, and uh, he worked for Westinghouse Broadcasting, and he became uh, quite close to the president of Westinghouse, who one night he announced he was bringing him home for dinner. And uh, I don't know what we made, a couple of bachelors, probably a tuna casserole or something like that. But I ended up sitting with this extraordinary man. His name is Tad Reeves. He passed away many years ago. But Tad told me that his children had been rescued by the Salvation Army in a boating accident and that he had never done anything for the Army and always wanted to do something. So if I could dream of anything, let's put it together. Oh. Well, we, we came up with this idea. They were just moving Merv Griffin and the Merv Griffin Show out of New York, the little theater off Times Square, out to Hollywood. And the theater was filled with props and all the things from the green room and the stage. And um, we decided, wouldn't it be fun to have an auction, do it on a Monday night when Broadway was dark, bring in all the stars from all the various Broadway shows, and um, go from there. So I probably spent about three months working out of the Westinghouse offices, and uh, we raised a great deal of money that night, but I also raised a new job because at the end of the evening, Mr. Reeves turned to me and said, we'd like to offer you a position with the company. And uh, I was off and running in television. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you are that great example, though, of when I tell people, this is, this is really this is true. In my life, some of my greatest successes and the greatest people I have met have been through volunteer work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now look what you did. I yes. mean, here you were. You know, It's not that you said to him, hey, by the way, hire me for something else. You said, okay, let me work on that. You came up with this great idea, and look what happened. Yes, yeah. I was, it was lucky all the way around, I think. Well, that is really a tremendous story. You certainly have had an unbelievable career, that is for sure. And, James, well, thanks, well thanks. no, many people... Many have been impacted by Katrina, including people with disabilities. And as you and I were just starting to say right before we went live on the air here, what about Florida? I was going to ask you, what about Florida from Katrina and uh, Ivan, which I know you're still recovering from, and there you well, all Today is Rita. Um, yes. We had Rita scooting by Key West, and I, I haven't looked at television this afternoon to see what damage has been done, but I'm sure the winds are up around 85, 90 miles an hour, and there will be damage. Uh, and it, was, it was very well organized, uh, the exit from there and shutting everything down. It was, uh, I think it went far smoother than it did in New Orleans. So people should be all right. I hope so. I have to tell you something, Joyce, um, and it's the power that one person has uh, to make a real difference. And, and this year I got to see my son make a difference. He's, he was 11 at the time, but he was so touched by the tsunamis and what happened and that we had visited the island of Phuket off of Thailand and had that wonderful Christmas there two years ago when the first pictures began coming in on CNN and you saw the water coming over the walls of the hotel. He said, Dad, that's where we stayed. And he had spent a lot of time at the beach playing with local children, and he was just devastated when he saw that. And he asked if he could empty out his penny jar, and um, he added up to about $17. He said, i got to get more money. I said, well, in my drawer I have a box of change. Help yourself. And my wife said she had the same thing. Well, by the end of the evening he had over $100 counting out the pennies. 
He said, these are like pennies from heaven. He said, I think I'm going to ask all the neighbors for their pennies. So I, we helped him write a flyer, and we asked people, you know, we're not interested in checks, we're not interested in cash, just give us your extra change that you keep in cookie jars, in drawers, in closets. That's all we want. And we put a bin outside our front door, and it started. The first morning I opened the door, and the bin was filled with Ziploc bags of pennies. Within three weeks, Nicholas raised $8,000. Oh, at 11 years old. Get out of here. $8,000. Oh, a great story. And he got on a plane um, at the invitation of the United Nations, and he flew up to New York, and he made a uh, presentation to UNICEF, and they gave him quite a tour of uh, the UN, insider's tour for sure. Um, they've asked me recently if they can put his picture and his story on their homepage uh, on the Internet, and, of course, we've given them permission to. And just today I had... Uh, uh, an email from the Sun Sentinel of Fort Lauderdale. They're doing a story on um, uh, people who give a great deal to their community down here, and they've asked if they can include little Nicholas at 12 years old as someone who started very early giving back. Uh, we're very proud of him. Well, Nicholas, congratulations to you. You know what? You're already starting off on the only and best track for success. I'll tell I, you, that every, is really when you. That is a. I'm really proud of him. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. A great role model for other children too. Absolutely, and you know he's already addressed the local Rotary Club at their 7 a.m. meeting, and uh, he's been on the front page of the papers down here, and uh, you know he encourages other children to do the same thing. And I, even in light of of looking at what Katrina did, if people just took their pennies that they have at home and added them up. It's like found money, and there are billions of dollars in pennies and quarters and dimes that sit in people's closets in this country. It wouldn't even be like sacrificing anything. It's just found money. Well, there's a challenge for you right there. How about that? We could call that Nicholas Pennies. Nicholas Pennies. <laughs> Bring it all to the local Salvation right Army. There, we should start getting every, um, you know, and, and just think if in different neighbor, neighborhoods, if children did the same thing, if they followed Nicholas Lee. Think about Can you that. imagine? Extraordinary. Our our little community has about 750 houses, and, and we hit most of them. My wife would go out one day with him. I'd go out the next day, and um, we hit most of them. But, you know, out of 750 houses, to raise $8,000 and change just gives an indication of what people in apartment buildings, for example, in, in our major urban centers, kids could raise lots of money that way. That is tremendous, and my hat's off to him. I love hearing stories like that, and gee, I wonder where he got this uh, inspiration of giving back to people from. <laughs> wonder where he could have possibly learned that. <laughs> we, we try to give him some good examples, uh, and he's learned. You know, he started very young. Um, we were in Thailand, in fact, and we were in the airport, and as we stepped out of the airport, there was a family begging. And um, they were just standing there, and, and Nicholas looked at this little boy, and he looked at me. He said, Dad, he doesn't have any toys. He said, Can I give him my dragon? And this is the dragon he had held in his hands for 20 hours on the plane, his favorite dragon. And he went over, and he gave it to the little boy. And um, he saw what it did to that child. And since then, every six months or so, he empties out his closet of the toys and things that he doesn't want. My wife takes care of the clothes that no longer fit. And um, we deliver them here to some inner-city kids and their families. And he goes and he hands them his things, and he gets to feel 
how good that feels when you do that. Oh, and it does. It does. And, and, you know, if you're listening to this right now, to this show, listen to me. Nicholas should be your role model. If this little (laughs) boy can come up with that idea and make it happen, what can you do? We really need your help. This is the most catastrophic, devastating event that has hit the United States ever. Ever, yeah. And we really don't know what will be the final consequences of this because, you know, the city still is underwater. Right well, now we have to pray they don't get hit by this Rita whenever it goes through. Well, of course, it's so much more than just New Orleans because they're the supply channel for much of the country for freighters and oil and all things being brought in. So you'll see in the months to come how this impacts on all of us. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And uh, as Jay had mentioned, if this would, you know, hit other areas such as Galveston, Texas, uh, Jay mentioned, what had you heard on CNN about that, Jay? Well, the, the uh, analyst who was on, an oil analyst, was saying that, uh, you know, you won't have to worry about the price of gasoline. You'll have to worry about being able to find any. Oh, well, we got to pray that doesn't happen. Let's pray and, it doesn't. Let's pray that. You know what makes a difference? What? What makes a difference is people like Nicholas. That's right. And when we come right back, we're going to talk to his father, a great role model, for all of us in this country, the founder of Van Vecten and Company, Jay Van Vecten. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott-Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. 
We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to our show, and you've been listening to Jay Van Vecten, the founder of Van Vecten and Company, and a wonderful friend for people with disabilities. And that's what we want to talk about right now, so all of our listeners will know the tie-in. But first, Jay, I know you've done a lot from your own company, specifically helping people with disabilities, but how did that happen? How did you first get involved? Helping people with disabilities. Gosh, um, when I when I left Westinghouse Broadcasting and my my, my spell in television, um, I went to work for an advertising public relations agency, also based in Pittsburgh, uh, because I ended up working at KDKA in Pittsburgh, and the company that hired me. Which, by the way, we're so proud that you worked in Pittsburgh, since <laughs> that's where my headquarters are. We just have to mention that. But go ahead. And lived right up on Mount Washington. Did oh the whole thing. my. Um, I went to work for a PR advertising agency called Lando, and the first client that they gave me, my first PR client, was Harmerville Rehabilitation Center, Mm -hmm. which at that point was receiving my peers from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of them were amputees, um, uh, dealing with terrible traumatic injuries, and Harmerville was one of the leading centers, and still is in the country, for helping people find their way back. And uh, it was overwhelming to go to work for them and, and have them as a client. And it really began to open my eyes following my experience with the Salvation Army where I I saw so much more in giving in other venues and areas. And, and um, you know, it began to really touch my life. And that's how you got involved from the beginning. And, wow, you really saw it off. You were working there during that time period. Yeah, it it, uh, it was very profound. And I did their newsletters and brochures and uh, put the executive director on radio regularly uh, to talk about what was going on and rehabilitation and what promises rehab could hold uh, for people um, to help them maximize their own potential uh, and find their way back into society and jobs. And uh, yes, that's always been important to me. Well, and once again, as I always tell people, Jay, this is one group that you can join at any time. Yes. And you saw that firsthand if you worked with Harmerville. Yes, and um, I, I joined it myself uh, in 2001 when I was on a business trip in San Diego. And um, I got up very early in the morning, and the bathroom was dark, so all you listeners out there, always put the light on when you're in an unfamiliar hotel and look at the floor carefully before you walk in. Uh, there had been a leak in the bathroom, and... Um, 
I stepped onto the slippery tiles and was airborne in the dark. And when I came down, I came down on my spine across the edge of the bathtub and then drove both knees into the tiles and broke them. So um, my life changed personally uh, at that instant, and uh, it remains thus. So I I suppose it brought me even closer into the world of disabilities. But ironically, I had already begun a very serious journey 10 years ago uh, in 1995 when I received a call from Johnson & Johnson that they were launching a new company within a few years, but there was a lot of behind-the-scenes work that needed to be done, and uh, would I be interested in, in offering my credentials? And I was hired for it, and the company eventually was named Independence Technology, and eventually we also introduced our, our first product, which uh, many of your listeners may be familiar with, called the iBot, um, invented by Dean Kamen in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, funded by Johnson & Johnson, and introduced through a Johnson & Johnson company, Independence Technology. And I got to work on the iBot for the last 10 years, and uh, nothing has had more of a profound effect than seeing what this piece of technology can do to open the horizon for people, to change their lives, to take them out of a regular wheelchair and to put them in something that becomes part of them as a personal mobility uh, vehicle. And we introduced it on Dateline, NBC, and we actually have done two datelines. Um, and for the first time, and very funny, a lot of people said to me within the disability community, Johnson Johnson's introduction of this iBot has allowed the stories of people in wheelchairs to be seen mainstream on shows like Dateline and Good Morning America and Today Show. And, um, so I, I hope we've been able to raise the bar for lots of people in, in showing what technology can do. Jay, do you want to describe that for our listeners who may not be familiar with it? Well, the iBot in, in many ways resembles a, a standard uh, traditional um, electric wheelchair, but at that point the similarities uh, stop. It's uh, extraordinarily sturdy and a very powerful chair that's capable of, of raising the user up on two wheels, and it, because it has all of these sensors um, on board and gyroscopes, it maintains a perfect balance, but as it raises you up on two wheels, it then continues to rise till you're finally at eye level. And one of the other things it does, it, it climbs stairs, goes up and down full flights of stairs. We thought that would be the tail that wagged the dog, but in fact, the iBot's ability to raise the user to standing height has been the real impact it's had on people's lives. Um, I've seen people dance in them. Um, I've seen couples walk down the street holding hands shoulder to shoulder, uh, and one of them is in the wheelchair, the iBot. Yeah, it, uh, it is unbelievable. You have to see it to really have the impact. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But the fact that it can go up and down stairs is a tremendous boon. But it can also go over gravel, rough terrain. It can go through the woods, crawl over logs, go over curbs without a curb cut being there. Um, it really opens up the possibilities for people who are in wheelchairs. Now, how uh, how difficult would that be for someone with a disability to obtain? Well, um, independencenow.com uh, is uh, the site that will take you in to, to tell you about the iBot. Um, there are product representatives all around the country, and when you contact the company uh, through Johnson & Johnson, they will have a product representative 
reach out to you and, and more likely than not bring the iBot to your home for you to try it um, or place a business and to experience it yourself. And It is by prescription only, so you have to work in tandem with your doctor to, to get a prescription for it. And, uh, and then insurance is being handled on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. So um, people can contact their insurance companies and too bad they can't work with, you know what I was just thinking of this uh, angle that I was thinking about is when I, of course, my whole world is employment, finding yes. employment for people with disabilities. But you know, um, there have been those times where a company will say, sorry, they wouldn't be able to do this job because you have to go up and down steps. Yes. And I'm just wondering if in that case, usually you can, you know, the person is able to get state VR to pay for something if it le- leads to employment. Absolutely. I wonder if they could in that case. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me, and I think that all those avenues are being explored right now um, in Washington um, to look at where uh, funding can come from. I believe the VA is now covering um, many veterans uh, who have sought the chair. That is tremendous. That is really tremendous. Well, it allowed me over the last 10 years to work with people like John Hockenberry at NBC and mm-hmm. to reach out to, to many, many disability groups and um, um, learn the whole world, I think, of, of disability today. I think what frustrates me, Joyce, more than anything is how segmented um, we are, and I, I can add my name in there by saying we are, uh, as a nation in addressing the needs of disabilities. There's so many small organizations that the message gets clouded so often because you've got 50 groups in one town going to the media with their story, and it just gets lost. Um, and it's very frustrating, I think, to, to try to cut through all that. If In that case, the iBot was a gift because it was a different story, but that gift allowed us then to really address disability issues. Um, you know what, Jay, and that too is frustrating to me because if we could get leaders across the country, leaders in the disability movement, to get together and have some type of conference and figure out a way to get all these groups together. Absolutely. I mean, realize how much power we have as people with disabilities. If we're united, that's what the problem is. You know, the only person that we are hurting, of course, is ourselves by being, you know, fragmented or isolated, as you had mentioned. I agree with you about that 100%, and I uh, you know, I just wish we could do something to change that. Well, let me, give you, let me give you something that I think could be done right now in light of Katrina and what's just happened. Um, all your listeners should make sure that their city government has a disability advisory board. Mm-hmm. And if one doesn't exist, start one. Mm-hmm. And reach out into the community and pull a dozen... 15, 18 people together, meet monthly, bring your ideas to the city, what needs to be done. Um, Make sure that your city has a disability evacuation plan. What are they going to do with people in nursing homes, people who are shut-ins? What facilities will be made available? Um, I think everybody has the power to pick up the phone and make that happen in their own towns. Yes, they do, and you can make a difference because I know we're working on that right here in Pittsburgh. Think about how many elderly people are in Allegheny County and in Pittsburgh? Tremendous. I mean, think of, I mean, it's so horrifying to me when I heard that on the news of those people that were left behind in that nursing home. Oh. Well, I, you know, God forbid one storm like Katrina hits 
dead on to the Gold Coast of Florida with all of the elderly that we have in these high rises along the ocean. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that when we come right back. We're talking to Jay Van Vecten, the founder of Van Vecten and Company, and as you will soon hear, the entrepreneur of the year. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome back, and we are talking to Jay Van Vecten, the founder of Van Vecten and Company. And as I mentioned before we went to break, the 2004 Entrepreneur of the Year Award from the U.S. BLN for his work helping people with disabilities. And I wondered if you could first tell us about that award and what that meant to you. And then, you know, I thought 
you should tell our listeners about your company and what you do so that everyone's tuned in. Okay. Well, first of all, it was such a shock to, to get the call. Um, I actually think it came in the form of a letter that I had won this uh, extraordinary award and was invited to New York um, for the presentation. And um, it probably means more to me than anything in my life because nothing has been more personal uh, to me in my business career than working in the field of disabilities. And um, to be honored like that uh, touched my heart in many, many ways. And uh, I thought my wife would cry for the next five days after it happened. She was so moved, too, and has been a, um, a valiant partner in my life and um, in, in helping out. And, in fact, she's taken over the business, uh, much of it, Van Vecten and Company, um, after my uh, disabilities increased so much that travel became difficult and all. So she is a real partner in, in more than one way in, in, in terms of addressing the needs of people with disabilities. Is that right? Well, that is a tremendous honor for anyone to receive. Why specifically did you win that award, Jay? Well, I think I've had my finger in so many different pies within the disability community that, um, ironically, Joyce, there aren't many people in public relations uh, or many public relations agencies like mine that have really focused on disability causes and projects. Um, for, and, and a lot of that I really have to thank Johnson & Johnson for because they allowed me to come to them with ideas and they would fund it as an example. On the 10th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, I mounted uh, an advertorial campaign to some of the neighborhood of 500 U.S. newspapers and I wrote to the editorial page editors and gave them a sample editorial I think it was called Act Two, um, and it was, we've done so much in 10 years, but this is what we need to do going forward. And I said, if they could use that editorial to go out into the community and get someone from a local disability organization to maybe take what I've sa said and use that as the gist for asking questions and develop their own editorial. And, and Johnson Johnson kindly funded that effort, and the, it was overwhelming, the response we got back. Um, uh, the editorial that I wrote was used all over the country as well, but we really got newspapers on that day stopping and reflecting back um, what's happened in 10 years. Uh, so I was really proud to do that. Oh, that is tremendous. We we got very involved in creating Avis Access uh, a few years ago, um, where we went to Avis with a, a group called Diversity Partners, and we said to Avis, you're really missing out on people with disabilities who travel tremendously. Here are a number of statistics that have been done by a group in Chicago called Open Doors, showing disposable income in the travel market. And uh, so what they did, they did a pilot program. They went out to 80 airport locations in the country. Uh, each location received uh, a number of boxes, and each box contained all of the things needed to take any car in the lot and make it adaptable. Previously, if you showed up at most any rental car county in, uh, counter in the country and you asked for um, an accessible car, they might not have it. They might only have one on the lot, and it might be a Ford Taurus, but you, in fact, need a, uh, a luxury car, or you need a wagon, or you need something else. Well, now Avis is the first company in the country that can offer travelers with disabilities any car on the lot and can be made accessible in 10 minutes with transfer boards, hand controls, the full complement. 
And for Avis, it's been an eye-opening experience. Their business shot up more than 35% in the first six months coming through the disability community. But it's led to them, um, again, with our assistance, uh, becoming uh, the major sponsor for the Achilles Track Club. So when we launched that in New York, we had Avis buses every couple of miles on the marathon route that said, uh, uh, Go Avis, and we try harder. And we had 300 uh, participants in the marathon wearing um, We Try Harder. And people were screaming, going down the highway, yelling at them, Go Avis, Go Avis, and everyone in their red shirts. And for Avis, it's just been a, a tremendous uh, boost uh, morale-wise with their employees who've all embraced this. Their employees now volunteer and line up to volunteer for the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon. I think they're, they're, they're sponsoring about a half a dozen now around the country. So it shows what a company can do without spending a lot of money uh, to step up and help meet the needs of people with disabilities. Well, that, and, and good for them. That is a, yeah, really good for them. It's amazing how many corporations forget the buying power out there from people with disabilities, not just them, but their families. That's what people forget. It's like a nucleus. It's a mother, father, sister, brother, child, wife, husband, whatever, and believe me, they know who is disability friendly. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They know, and that's where they choose. They know who also is not, and it does make a difference on where they go and what monies they spend. It really does make a difference, um, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But, Jay, you have such an impressive background. As you mentioned, you went from the Salvation Army to television, worked you know, in PR with Westinghouse, the Merv Griffin Show, KDKA, um, but as you know, you and I talked about this once before. People with disabilities are so often not talked about in the media. Sometimes they're not even mentioned. Like this year with the 15th celebration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And by the way, good for you what you, what you did at that 10th anniversary. I did it the 15th as well. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, what amazes me is like you don't open up USA Today or the New York Times or any of these papers and see on the front page. And today is the 10th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, nor can you find it anywhere in the newspaper. Sometimes, as you said in editorial, sometimes something in the back, but, you know, it's just, it's just not major in the news media. And I'm wondering, with your expertise, what's your opinion of that? Why do you think that is? I have opinions. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a case in point. Um, the uh, makers of the iBot recently updated the iBot, and they have a new version called the iBot 4000, and um, my company got to do the introduction on it. And we did a, about a seven-minute segment on Good Morning America, and it featured this wonderful teenager, 16 years old, out in Pennsylvania. And... Her family sent me um, an editorial she had written in her school paper, uh, an editorial she had written in her hometown paper, and a letter that she had written to Dean Kamen, the inventor, thanking him for giving her back her legs. And she said the iBot had had such a profound experience on her. Now that she's 16, her dad doesn't have to carry her up the steps into her boyfriend's house and circle the block waiting to pick her up to bring her back down the steps. 
that she can go out with her friends and not be talking to their belt buckles. And her letter went on and on. It was intensely personal. Well, Good Morning America just jumped right on it, and they did a beautiful, beautiful job. And they went out and they filmed her in her home and ran the story. At the same time, we were calling the print media, magazines, uh, teenage magazines, magazines that dealt with young readers, all of whom, to the one, said, oh, this story isn't sexy enough. If you were telling us that she used to have to crawl up 65 stairs to get to a class in school, and now she doesn't have to do that anymore, that might be a story we'd take a look at. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> it leaves you scratching your head sometimes about it. They want something so dramatic, so different, um, that it will leave the viewer in tears. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the tears. And I find that, you know, having promoted disability causes and products and things over the years, that I almost sense that it's too close to the bone for a lot of writers mm-hmm. and people in the media. Mm-hmm. That it makes them face their own mortality or their own uh, chance of being a second away from slipping in that bathroom and crushing their back. Um, it brings it very close to home, and I think that that... that may be one of the key reasons why you don't see more. Yeah. I, I know that you're right because when I interviewed a group of CEOs and my question was, be honest, be brutally honest, why is it so hard to get employment for people with disabilities? One, of, one, yeah. of, them, one of them said to me, because it reminds people of being in the hospital. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the first question, the, the first question, if you're pitching someone for uh, television, and it can be, you know, KDK in Pittsburgh, I don't want to use that as an example, but hometown TV stations, mm-hmm. forget just the nationals, first question, what do they look like? They want to know if they're going to be attractive on camera. No. No. <laughs> oh. Yes, right, so... Um, it makes my blood boil. But, uh, well, you would truth. know. You, you, I mean, you really—you are the expert. You would know more about this than we would know. Well, there's a, there, you know, this this uh, uh, murder ball. This uh, yes, uh, yes, you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, has done very well. But there's another one coming called Emmanuel's Gift, and it's the story of uh, Jim McLaren um, and Emmanuel uh, Uboso. And it's a documentary that's being released nationally later in October. And it's a profound story. And Jim and uh, Emmanuel won the ESPY Award on ESPN this year for their courage, and Oprah presented the award. And uh, they did a 10-minute video of how the two men's lives have come together. Um, and it, it it stopped the show. You had It was the Kodak Pavilion in Los Angeles, and there were... A thousand jocks there, and every one of them had tears in their eyes. Um, because when people stop and look at the stories and, and the courage that people with disabilities have in dealing with obstacles in their lives, um, it's remarkable. I was in Spain last year in Barcelona, and the city of Barcelona had put on an exhibit that was almost two blocks long down the center of the street with tents, and you got to go in and experience what it was like to have disabilities. I thought, how cool is this? They're allowing people to see what it's like when you can't move your legs or you can't move your arms or you have a speech impediment you're trying to communicate or you're blindfolded and trying to get through a room. Um, 
and they were bringing busloads of school kids in. I thought this is the best thing I've seen in a long time. Wow. Well, that's what it's all about, and that's how you create change. Yep. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Jay Van Vecten, entrepreneur of the year, founder of Van Vecten and Company, someone making a difference. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. We are back with Jay Van Vecten, the founder of Van Vecten and company. And Jay, one of the things we were talking about is you know how how you don't see people with disabilities that often in the news media. And one of our listeners from Kansas wrote in and said, Mr. Van Vechten, congratulations on your work. Thank you for including Americans with disabilities in everything that you do. My question is my question is, what do you think we can do as people with disabilities to try to be more noticed in communications? Uh, well, I understand that uh, a leader in that is, is Governor Schwarzenegger, that he's actually forming um, an advisory board to guide um, the film and television industries of California in bringing people with disabilities before the camera, even behind the camera, 
and then how to treat um, people with disabilities um, when they're being uh, uh, shown on television. So um, I think I think you know if you it, every state has an advertising association. Um, there are advertising agencies in every community. You can you can begin writing letters saying that you hope that they will consider including people with disabilities in future ads for uh, companies. If you have big companies in your area, whether it's a Ford Motor Company or uh, PepsiCo or something, write to the chairman of the board and say, I hope you will consider including people with disabilities in your future ads. Which falls right in line with a question from guess where? The state of Florida. Oh, there we are. So yes, saying, and I bet you're well-known there, saying, uh, Jay, congratulations. Thank you for everything you're doing to remember that we are part of society. We are not a group that is excluded and alone. Do you think it makes a difference with large corporations in the United States who do do a lot of media if we take time to write a letter and tell them to include us? Yes. Good. Absolutely, do it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And as I said, you know, make sure that there is a disability advisory board in your community and get on it. Form it if it doesn't exist. You will find people under the bushes ready to come out and join you in this quest. And then, you know, during Disability Awareness Month, during uh, Disability Mentoring Day, maybe you can put on an exhibit at the local mall. You can get nursing uh, uh, centers to come in with you and, and rehab centers and uh, people who make vans that are accessible to all be sponsors of whatever event you put on. It's all very doable, but it's grassroots. It's got to start with the grassroots effort. Yeah. You know, I was reading about uh, the gentleman in history in England, Wentworth, who was just so opposed to slavery. Because remember, slavery was also in England. A lot of people don't think that, but it was, of course. And uh, his goal was he didn't want it there anymore. And he back then worked to get 1,500,000 people to sign a petition, which he took to the parliament saying, look, you know, this has to go. And his greatest day was before he had passed away when the act of abolition was signed, which, of course, once slavery was abolished there, it was later on abolished right here in the United States. I think to myself, how is that possible back then to get that many names? So just think what we could do if we worked on it. Absolutely. Think what we can do. Uh, Jay, I know that soon we'll be, not long from now, we'll be ending the show, and there are a few things. I'm sorry I cannot read every email that is sent in to us, but if you continue sending them, I can forward them on to uh, Jay. Please do, and I'll be happy to answer every single one of them. Yes. I wanted to ask you, Jay, you have been uh, very successful in your career. I'm all about employment, and frequently we're speaking to young students with disabilities and college students with disabilities. What do you attribute to your success? <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say the luck of the Irish, but I'm not Irish. I'm Dutch, so <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, I, you know, I, what is it that makes someone successful? Um, I've certainly followed my own path. Um, I've never run my my company in the in the years that I was at the head of it, um, like the big agencies, the 
big agencies in New York, these super mm-hmm. 2,000, 3,000 employee mm-hmm. uh, PR agencies. Just a very personal and um, from the heart. I think that's it. I, I, I've always approached clients uh, as friends and uh, you know, try to help them reach their goals. And in turn, they've been wonderful in helping me reach mine. Oh, well, I always tell young people, make no mistake about it. When someone is giving and genuine, I mean, it makes integrity always makes a difference. Yes, and don't be afraid to say no. Mm-hmm. I've had clients, you know, potential clients come forward over the years, and I've just said, you know, I don't think that we're a fit. I will recommend somebody else, but I just don't believe in what they're doing. You have to believe in it yourself. Yes, right. You, you, you do. You do have to believe in it yourself, or how could you ever be successful? And you know what? You, I hope your listeners recognize as well. You know, with 56 million people with disabilities in the country, and that's the latest figure from our good buddies over at the American Association for People with Disabilities, um, only 2.5 million are in wheelchairs. Most disabilities go unseen. And, you know, everybody with disabilities needs to be embraced, not just those who are in wheelchairs. And it, uh, you never know what form those disabilities might take. It could be a hearing impairment. It could be someone who's a recovered alcoholic. It's a disease. Uh, it could be someone who um, has any kind of a, uh, an affliction that has changed their life, but they carry it quietly. Um, I think companies would probably be very surprised to find out how many of their employees had invisible disabilities. Oh, remember, here I am as the host, as all my listeners know, I have epilepsy. So I am one of those people that if I walk into the room, you know, I always say my world only changes if I have a seizure. I'm very uh, honored to sit on the National Board of Directors for a group called the National Art Exhibitions by the Mentally Ill. Um, And what we have is over a 1,000 works of art now in our collections. And it's funded very generously by some pharmaceutical companies who, of course, make (laughs) the appropriate drugs for people with mental illness. But it shows the artwork, the genius that people have, and uh, and that through art they can find their way back um, by being able to express themselves in the most personal way. Um, and that's a real honor to work with them. And, and, you know, my work with the AAPD in Washington, I, they are the best, absolutely the best. Oh, and, they are. Uh, Andy Imperato is absolutely fantastic. And I also am very proud to be a new board member, and I just think they are fantastic. But you're right, Jay, what you were saying a moment ago. Yes. I walk into corporations that talk about employing people with disabilities, and if they say to me, Yes, well, you know, we've never done this before. I say, oh, yes, you have. They're working here right now. You just don't know it. That's right. That's right. I remember as we began our own in-house sensitivity training when with Johnson & Johnson, and, you know, we sat with senior management, and we talked about employees with disabilities, and one of the gentlemen turned and said to me, you know, here at Johnson & Johnson, we don't measure our employees by their disabilities, only by their abilities. I thought, right on, brother. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about, putting ability first. Absolutely. Putting ability first. And remembering, as Jay has said, you're working side-by-side with someone. Just because they aren't blind or in a wheelchair, just because they aren't an amputee or have some obvious disability, that doesn't mean they don't have a disability. That's right. So, Jay, if you had to leave a message for our listeners today, what would it be? Make a difference. Make a difference. Write that letter. Make that phone call.
make a difference in your own community, and it will spread throughout the world. Make a difference. And you know what? That reminds me of a young man named Nicholas. <laughs> make a difference. It all. I always tell people, one person truly can make a difference. Absolutely, and you are making a great difference, and my hat's off, and I bow to you for the, what you're doing. Well, you know what, Jay? We're all in it together. we got a That's long right. way to go. We're all <laughs> yeah. in it together. Yes, my dear, we do. But I want to say um, that we consider it an honor to have you on the show and would love to have you on again, but we certainly are going to have your uh, son, Nicholas, on next year because we're going to do a special show on volunteerism later next year, and that is just the most inspiring story that I want to do two things. First, I want to remind all of you listening to the show about Nicholas Pennies. That's right. Pennies from heaven. That's right. But you get out there, you make a difference. Just think about that. That young man came up with all that money, and we need to remember that we are here to help victims from Katrina. This is going to go on a long time. This isn't going to go away. And there are people with disabilities need your help. Don't forget www.salvationarmy.org or www.redcross.org. Be like Nicholas. Do what Jay Van Vecten, our guest, said. Make a difference. And with that, we'll end the show today as we always do with a quote by someone who has impacted society. And today it is so fitting that it would be Sir Winston Churchill, who said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And that, folks, is what it's all about. This is Joyce Bender. You've been listening to Joyce Bender and Jay Van Vecten on The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.